How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Nice to see everybody. You know, the lights are up. Uh, thanks for joining us online. We are in week number two of our series called Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now everybody say Holy Spirit, come. Listen, last week we had a great time. We talked about this, the, the, the meaning of the Spirit. Uh, our English words can't really depict God's Spirit. But the Old Testament says it's a wind, it's a breeze. And then the New Testament says he is a fresh breath of air. Amen? Listen, I grew up in all, who, who uh, let's, let's, let's take a poll really quick. Who grew up in like a Pentecostal style church? Come on. There we go. We got some hands. You're supposed to put two hands up. You're Pentecostal, right? Um, who grew up like maybe Baptist church? Come on. Yeah, let's give it up for our Baptist folks. All right, what about Methodists? Any Methodists in the house? All right, good. Um, anything that you maybe you don't want to tell us? Wesleyan, uh, Southern Baptist, Presbyterian. There we go. So listen, um, I grew up in a few different churches because when I was about eight, nine, my parents got divorced, so we've changed churches after that quite a bit. So I grew up in like this super uber Pentecostal church, right? Um, the ladies weren't allowed to wear pants. They had to wear like dresses, Okay, and um, no makeup, nothing. Like we were like like extra extra Pentecostal. And then went I went to a Wesleyan church. I went to a Baptist church. I've been all over the map. And now I get to be here in this church, and it's so awesome. So so what I'm asking of us as a church is to have a blank piece of paper during this series because we all come from different backgrounds, right? And that's okay. Catholics, we got some Catholics, right? Yeah, some Catholic background. Yeah, I forgot about you guys. So listen, I got a couple, um, you remember the screw in the light bulb jokes? I got a couple for us. Listen, we, we won't get offended, right? We're all family. Um, how many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the, the light bulb, nine to pray against the spirit of darkness. 
Amen. How many TV evangelists does it take to change a light bulb? One. But for the message of light to continue, you must send in your donation today. <laughs> right? How many Calvinists does it take to change a light bulb? None. God has predestined when that light will be on. Right? How many Anglicans and Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. They always use candles. I like that one. Listen, how many people of hope, how many New Hope people does it take to change a light bulb? Anybody, any guesses? How many? <laughs> Eleven, one to change the light bulb and ten more to organize a covered dish supper to follow changing the light bulb. Amen. So this series, we're, start, we're starting this series each week with this scripture. So take a look at Acts 19, 1 to 2 in your Bible. Look at this. Well, Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them. So he found some Jesus followers. He found some of us, right, and said, hey, 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 do you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we, we, we have not, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this message that you're giving us. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for the kids in the room who are going to learn, us adults who are going to learn from you. Lord, speak your word to us and let me get out of the way for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Listen, there's a lot of people still 2,000 years later who might if Paul showed up or if I was walking around and said, hey, did you receive the Spirit? And they say, no. Or you say, no, the church down the street when I was a kid was crazy and I don't want to know anything about the Spirit. I'm just being real. Because of the packaging that people have wrapped up God's Spirit with and made him look different from what the Bible says that he is. Now listen, next week is going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Tara used the gift of the Spirit today. She gave a word of knowledge. That is a gift. Isn't that awesome? Because listen, we all know Tara's pretty quiet, right? So if God says something, she says it, right? If not, you're not going to hear much out of Tara. So she used a gift of the Spirit. Isn't that awesome that the gifts are at work in our church? And we want to be a church that says, we want, to use, we want to have everything on the menu, right? I talked about this last week. God, if you have it for me, I want it. Amen? So as we, as we, as we open up, maybe we got a phone or somewhere to take notes. Today, we're going to look at the word Pentecost. Now, we all have different ideas about this word. Some of it is like, yeah. I remember being at church when I was a kid and this was what Pentecost was. And oh, I remember being at this type of church and they spoke against those people, right? But listen, Acts 1 and 2 and all of that is in the word of God for a purpose and a plan. So the word Pentecost is not scary at all. You know the, the word pent means what? Five. Pentecost means, everybody say 50, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so today we're going to talk about this. Listen, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's the word 50. So just a little bit of history for you. Jesus came. 
He was here. He did ministry for about three years, from 30 years old to 33 years old. And then he went to the cross, right, and breathed his last, went to the grave, rose from the grave. And then guess what he did for 40 days after that? He went between town and town and disciples and disciples and kept sharing the good news, kept giving his final instructions. And then when the 40 days were up, he said, wait here. I'm going to give you my spirit. So Jesus didn't show up to just be like, okay, see you, everybody. Bye. Have fun. Peace. Right? See you later. God doesn't work that way. And I feel like a lot of us say, okay, I love God the Father. I love um, his son Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, I don't know much about him. I'm a little nervous to, to dive in, but Jesus is like, it's my gift. Like, I left and I left him with you. He's my spirit. So we're going to talk about that today. Look what it says here in Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now you're like, okay, where did this word Pentecost come from? So we're going to go through um, some of the Jewish holidays today. All right, this is so exciting, right? <laughs> so we're going to get a theology lesson today. Is that okay? So listen, um, the Jews have seven special holidays. They have three major ones. Everybody say three. Each one is unique. And you know what's amazing about God is they're so unique and so special that he's like, I'm going to use these three so I can bridge the gap between Jews and Gentiles, between the Old Testament, the New Testament, between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Come on, church. God's pretty, God's pretty smart on these things. So he's, he, he wants to give us um, a lesson through these three major events, major holidays, major feasts that the Jewish people have. Okay, is that cool? Look what it says in Matthew 5.17. Matthew 5.17 will be on the screen here. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Because some people are like, well, the Old Testament, we're done with that. No. Look what he says here. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I've come to put an exclamation mark on there, not a question mark. I've come to fulfill it in all of these things. So we're going to go through three of these, and then we're going to get to a couple points. So write them down. I think you're going to want to remember these. And if not, you can go on later and watch the message again, okay? Because you might need to, right? So the first one is Passover. Everybody say Passover. Now, a lot of us have maybe heard Passover um, the Jewish people were in Egypt for 400 years. And they were in slavery most of those 400 years. They built all the things that you probably can still go to Egypt and see today. Isn't that amazing? God's people built that. But God's like, okay, I've had enough. He sends Moses in. He said, hey, you need to get my people out of there. He goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's heart is hardened. We all know this. A lot of us know this story. Pharaoh's heart's hardened. And God's like, okay, well, then I'm going to start sending plagues. And I'm going to force you to let my people go, to free my people. So the last and final plague, the 10th plague, was that the firstborn male of every family would die. 
That's pretty harsh, isn't it? That's like, wait, God, is that? God will fight for you. (laughs) But you know what he does with the Jews? He said, listen, sacrifice a lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. And the night that I come, I will pass over your residence and take the first male of everybody else other than the people who sacrifice and put the blood on the doorpost. It's called the Passover. So guess what? When they leave Egypt, when they get out, the Passover becomes one of the major feasts, one of the major holidays. God said celebrate it every year. You know what happened on Passover? At 9 a.m., they did the sacrifice. I think I, you know where I'm going with this. At 3 p.m., they started cooking the sacrifice. Put them, in, put them in the oven. And you know what? The sacrifice just covered over their sin for that moment, covered over their house for that moment. So mirror that, fast forward to when Jesus came and he became the Passover lamb. At 9 a.m., they nailed Christ to the cross. At 3 p.m., he, he breathed his last. They put him in the grave. At 3 p.m., he died. His sacrifice removes our sin forever. Come on, church. Do you see the pattern here? God said, I'm going to use the Passover to show not just the Jews, but to show everybody that I'm taking care of them. So that's the first one. So the Passover represents salvation. The Passover, they're going to put it up here. The Passover represents salvation. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Listen, there's nothing we can do. It's already been done. We just have to wave the white flag and say, I surrender to you. Next one. The second holiday. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. 50, right? Here we go. You're like, okay, where does this come into play? You know, Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. That's when they celebrated, or seven weeks after Easter for us, right? They were celebrating the day that God gave his law, his Ten Commandments, on Mount Sinai to Moses. That's the celebration. So they would would have a feast every year. They would celebrate Pentecost. That was their Pentecost. Isn't that cool? So look at this. This This is so awesome. So a a cloud descended with a loud noise and fire. If you go back in Exodus, cloud with fire, loud noise. I think you know where I'm going with this, okay? God wrote his law on tablets of stone. And listen, this one's crazy because not everybody remembers this. But remember, when Moses was off getting the Ten Commandments, what were some of the people doing? They were building a golden calf to worship because they're like, we can't wait on Moses We need to, so guess what? 3,000 people that day died because they were worshiping an idol. Fast forward to Pentecost, Acts 1, 2. 
what happens? The Holy Spirit descended with a loud sound and fire. God wrote his law not on a tablet, but on our hearts. His spirit in us. Isn't that amazing? And then 3,000 people didn't die. They were saved that day. Come on. Can we celebrate? Isn't that amazing that God is using these Jewish holidays to teach us something special? Look what it says in Acts 1, 3 to 5. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. You're like, Pastor, didn't you say 50? Yes, he was there 40 days. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So, according to scripture, they had to wait 10 days. Why? We're like, why? What's going on? Look, Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Frostproof, in Judea, Florida, Samaria, the United States, and to the ends of the earth. I added Frostproof, Florida, and the United States. Did you know that they didn't put that in there? But isn't that amazing? He said, you will receive power. Listen, if God has pow his power on the menu, I, I want some, can I have some of that power, please? I'll, come on, I'll take all of it, right? Amen. So what's Pentecost all about is the, the power to make, they're going to put that up there, power to make a difference. I don't know about you, but I want to make a difference. All right, number three. Okay, here's the third and final holiday we're going to talk about. Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. You got that back there, guys? The Feast of Tabernacles. So listen, they were wandering and living in temporary huts. This is, this is what they were to celebrate later on. This is God's like, hey, here's, this, here's why you're celebrating. They, they, were, they were wanderers, but then they found their final home, the land flowing with milk and honey. They've been talking about it in Egypt for 400 years. Hey, God's got this promise for us. He's got this promise, and they finally got there. And they would celebrate this during the harvest time. Let's mirror that. Let's fast forward it to us. We are living on earth temporarily, right? So this is, this is one that we're going to celebrate soon. We haven't celebrated this yet. We're living on the earth temporarily. We'll be brought to our final home in heaven. Three people know, okay. They will, there will be a great harvest moment before that. You know that there's been more people saved in the, in, in the 21st century than all of the 20 centuries up until now. Now, if you don't know, and you know about this, isn't that amazing? That there's been more people saved and come to Jesus in the last 20 years than ever before in all of history. 
We're living in the end times. Jesus is saying, hey, it's, it's about time we have our feast of the tabernacles. It's about time that we're going to hang out together and eat in my place. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. It says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, he who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will be with the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. So tabernacles is a representation of the second coming of Christ. So let's, we, let's, let's run through these quickly again, okay? We've got these three Jewish holidays. We've got the Passover. We understand that, that Jesus was our Passover lamb. We have Pentecost. It's our assignment. It's the power that he wants to give us. He wants to write not his law now on a piece of paper or in a book. He wants to write it on your heart and on my heart. Isn't that awesome? So that I can go and do what God's called me to do. And then the last one, tabernacles, that God is saying, I haven't left you. I haven't abandoned you. I gave you my spirit. But one day I will be back to take my church and we'll be together forever. So I want us to understand the meaning of Pentecost a little bit more. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper. we got two more weeks as well, okay? So don't forget, next week we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And then we're going to pray over you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God wants to do that in all his church. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, you're Methodist. It doesn't matter. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Brazilian, Canadian, right? Amen. Everybody. Look what, it, look what it says in Acts 2, 12. So, so Jesus says, hey, wait here. I'm going to give you my power. And then look what, look what happens. Look, amazed and perplexed. Anybody ever been perplexed before? Like, what? what is, wait a second. Maybe today you are. Maybe during this series you're like, I'm a little perplexed. I, I don't understand all this. They asked one another, what does this mean? So the Holy Spirit wants to empower us in three areas. So write these down. Number one, number one, the Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Everybody say righteously. Listen, remember the original Pentecost was to give the law. And that was the moment where they would say, okay, now we have a law. We can, we, can follow, we can try to follow these Ten Commandments. But you know what? Like what Tara was saying, we, we have it up here. And we're like, man, I'm trying, I'm trying. But how do we get it from here to here? We say, Holy Spirit, come fill me. I want to follow you. I want to I have your voice in here. On my heart so that I know which way to turn. I know what decisions to make. You know, a lot of us are like, well, I'm trying to be righteous. I'm trying to do what God, listen, we can't do it unless we have his spirit leading and directing and guiding us. Once you're filled with his spirit, the law goes from here or out here to here. On our hearts. Look what it says in Romans 8, verse 9. 
You, however, people of hope, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, I don't know about you, if the Spirit of God is on the menu, I'm going to want it. Amen. You're going to hear a still, small voice. Look what it says in Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this way, walk in it. Amen. Isn't that amazing that God speaks to us, that he tells us which way to turn? You know, I know there's been many times where I've made decisions that were counter to what my mind told me to do. But my heart said, and God said through his spirit, no, no, this is the decision to make. It may look weird, on the, it may look weird to your neighbors. It may look weird to your spouse. It may look crazy to the people at work. But God's saying, walk this way. Walk this way. Okay. Let's not get into that. All right. Second one. Everybody say number two. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Isn't that awesome? He empowers me to live supernaturally. Listen, we live in this natural world, right? But we weren't born to just live in the natural. We were born for supernatural things. You know, when Jesus was here, he, he was in the natural a little bit, right? He would eat. He would hang out with people. But guess what? He did miracles, signs, and wonders. He showed up, one, and it wasn't weird, right? He's just like, hey, get up, walk, <laughs> take, a, take your mat, go home to a crippled guy. Isn't that amazing? How supernatural is that? How much faith is that? Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Listen, we weren't meant to just have church and have some songs. We were meant to do so much more. To move in his supernatural for, for us. That we can pray and that people are healed. That we can walk into a room and bring peace to somebody else. We are here to have God's power moving and active in our life. To do the supernatural works that he's called us to do. When Jesus left, he said, listen, you're going to do even greater things than me. What? Why? Because he said, hey, my physical, my physical part here is done. Now it's your turn. But I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Isn't that nice when you go somewhere new and someone's like, here, come with me. I'll show you around. I feel like the church is not powerful because we're not taking advantage of the spirit who says, I want to fill you up. I want to lead you by the hand. I want to take you 
to so many places. But if we just take a moment, if we take time and listen, the Bible says a still small voice. So you need to get rid of all the noise. You need to get rid of the this quite a bit. There's so much noise, right? Man, Facebook. Every, I've noticed people now like repost anything. It's like half of that's fake. How did you, why did you repost that? It's time for the church to say, I want to be powerful in Jesus' name to do what God's calling me to do. Amen. Let's look at the last one here, number three. The, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. To live on mission. Listen, if you're looking for a church just for you, not the right church right here. I believe you'll be blessed. I believe that you'll be, you'll be, you'll learn, you'll be taught. But this is also for other people. This is also that we can live on mission. We're here to bless our local high school. We're here for other churches. We're here to do missions here in the United States. We're here to do missions globally. We're here to feed the hungry. We're here to pray for the sick. We're here to spread the hope of Jesus in every nook and cranny that we move. And how can we do that if we don't have him actively doing something in our heart where he's not writing each day on our heart? I believe he is writing on your heart. You're like, Pastor Landon, you're talking like I don't have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I believe he is writing on your heart. And if you say, I don't feel like he is, listen, today's your day. Say, Holy Spirit, come fill me. That's it. It's not some big extreme thing or some dramatic deal. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to be filled by you. You can do it even now in your seat right there. Listen, we aren't qualified unless we have his spirit. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, and I'm almost done here. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Now listen, if the first inaugural church had the power of the Spirit living and moving in them, why would it stop? God's like, okay, cool, the Bible, the, the New Testament people had the Holy Spirit. That's it. No, we're still the New Testament church. He did not cease. He is here now. He wants to speak and write on your heart. Amen. So let's stand today before we go. I want to challenge us to say, God, fill me afresh. Fill me new. Let me walk in your power every day. Listen, I think sometimes people get the Spirit and they're like, I've got the Spirit. You don't. You're, you're a second-class Christian. No, that's not what we think.
being filled with the Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Amen? Because I have Him now. So let's close our eyes for a moment. Today my challenge is pursue all that God has for you. Pursue everything on His menu. Pursue Him and He will fill you up. He will give you His power. If you want more of God's Spirit today, would you just put your hand up and say, that's me. I want more of Him today. If there is more, I'll take it. Amen. Amen. Pray this with me. God, I know you have the gift of your Spirit for me. Fill me to overflowing. Fill me up. I want all of it so I can live righteously, so I can live supernaturally, so I can live on mission. Fill me in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. Don't miss week three of this series. It's going to be awesome. We're talking about understanding spiritual gifts. Just a little treat. I think they have some ice cream sandwiches in the foyer for you. Come on, yeah. We don't just have the Holy Spirit. We've got ice cream sandwiches. Hey, we love you all. Talk to you soon. See you next Sunday.